you nightmare nerds and welcome to this week's new nightmare. Today we'll be talking about a movie that has been on my radar for the past few months and it has finally become available to stream for free literally two days after I cracked under the pressure and bought it. That's right, today we will be talking about Hunter Hunter. Atmospheric, grisly, brutal, and full of twists and turns, Sean Linden's film generated a significant amount of buzz when finally released on VOD late last year. Released to good reviews and featuring heavy hitter horror veterans Devin Sawa and Nick Stahl, what drew my attention was the fact that every viewer insisted that the ending of this movie was bonkers and brilliant. Today, we'll talk about whether the ending can live up to its horrific hype. Welcome to New Nightmare, Hunter Hunter. Alright, so here we are, fresh off of our first viewing of Hunter Hunter. Josh, what are some initial thoughts and reactions to this? Well, I gotta say I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I don't even really know what I was expecting from it, but man, it's good. And it's tense the entire time, and then the we'll get to the ending, but the ending just nails it. So good. Yeah, and keep keep in mind, we're going to try to keep this as spoiler-free for you guys as we can, but we are going to try to kind of talk about uh, the structure of this and how... I, I remember when I first heard about it, I, I saw a few things about it that caught my eye. Number one, I saw that uh, Devin Sawa was in it, and I, I really, really enjoyed that because it's been a really long time since I saw his name. Uh, he, he obviously got uh, mostly popular from the uh, Final Distant. Final Destination is where I remember first seeing him. And uh, he was in a few other movies. He was in uh, Little Giants as well as <laughs> in Little Giants, and he was casper when casper turns into a human at the end of the casper movie so he had a few years there where he was just in a ton of stuff and honestly i didn't even recognize him i didn't i didn't look at the cast yeah it doesn't doesn't look like him yeah, at all didn't know it was him uh, which which is wild yeah but uh but we yeah we both really enjoyed this this has been on my radar for a really long time and a few weeks ago i kind of got tired of waiting for it and I actually bought it on my voodoo because i just i really wanted to watch it i was hearing about this ending this ending was making a lot of buzz uh, around the horror community. And so I finally sat down to watch it. Was awesome. And then I'm flicking through Hulu last night. And I, I see Hunter Hunter free on Hulu. The set, the, like, a, the, a few days after I had finally, like, buckled down, watched it, and bought it and everything. So, uh, fortunately for you guys, you get to watch it for free. I'm stuck with that $15 bill. But totally okay, because it was totally worth it. So glad that I was able to get to see it. At least it's an independent production that you're sure. supporting, right? Yeah, you know, it's not like I spent you know fifteen dollars on you know the the new Mulan or something like that. I I, I spent Zack it on a, on a Justice League, right? I spent it on a movie that that I'm I'm proud to be able to support, right? Which is great. We used to talk about this uh, thing in film school, which was like availability to view when we were when we would talk about like cult movies, like we always would want to see movies that were harder to get a hold of or were harder to to find playing in a theater and you'd have to go weed it out and find it and i i remember uh when the original catfish documentary came out um it, it was before it got really really big and obviously long before it got made into a very successful mtv uh documentary series there was a lot of buzz about it in the underground uh like film circuit the festival circuit and me and my friends would look everywhere trying to find where it was playing, and the only place we could find was deep in lower Manhattan, so we took a train into the city, into this obscure little theater to try to see it. And, like, th that experience itself made the movie a lot more interesting and intriguing to me and was able to connect to it a lot more. And I feel like it was the same thing with Hunter x Hunter, right? It, we're, we're in a little bit of a uh, specific 
unique circumstance where it, it was hard to see a lot of things this year, right? Certain films have been shelved that we still haven't been able to see. But this was always an indie vibe. I don't think it was ever going to get a really big release. And similarly, the end of the story is the same because two weeks after I took a train into the city to see Cat, where Catfish was playing in the only theater in Manhattan, it received a national release and was playing at the theater down the street. So maybe I just have a re- I, I don't know if it's good luck or bad luck, but I just have a streak of finding finding movies that are going to be really popular. So if if you want to market your movie, I would say me. Yeah, you've told me about the, how the, the, these types of things happen to you. Just just uh, yeah, consistently. I have the, I have the best luck consistently horrible luck but <laughs> it is what it is still got to see the movie thought thought it was great um so we we did find out some interesting things about uh this this movie today and that it was shot in one of your favorite places right so where was that yeah so i i was admiring the scenery and the locations for this film and it's very i mean it's middle of the woods basically the entire film um, but you do get a lot of really beautiful landscape shots it's like the foliage is there it's like fall foliage you know water and rock and i was like oh this is this looks like when i took a trip out to the pacific northwest like central washington a few years ago and yeah. i think i texted you i was like i need to find out where this was filmed and then i could have just googled <laughs> it before i texted you but i googled it and it was manitoba so right. um yeah nice canadian scenery beautiful manitoba. Shock canadian pride once once mm-hmm. once again mm-hmm. for josh love it a lot of great films are being shot in canada right now because of the tax uh yeah, the tax incentives to shoot there so it's becoming more and more popular for for uh you know independent and mainstream productions so oh yeah uh, which is really great so hunter hunter is really a four-person show there are a few other minor characters thrown in there but it really boils down to the three uh main characters in the central family the mersault family uh the father the mother and the daughter uh as well as the stranger that finds themselves entangled into their very simple life in the middle of the woods. And throughout this movie, uh, we start to ask a lot of questions about the scenario as to where the stranger came from, what exactly is going on in the narrative, and this kind of central question that comes up to me, which is who's hunting who. And I think this narrative was really successful because I I noticed something that you wrote down that I didn't really notice at first, but now that you brought it to my attention, they isolate each character at a certain point, right? And and I think that's I think that's really interesting in terms of of narrative. So I, you wrote the point down, and maybe there's something you want to add to that. Yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that, but I did. It's it's striking to me whenever you're um, you're on edge, like you're basically on edge for this entire film because you don't really know what to expect. So the father character, Devin Sawa's character, he is basically, this won't spoil anything, but he's he's teaching his daughter how to hunt, you know, how to how to live in the woods. Right, because they're an isolated family. Uh, that's part of the narrative in that uh, the, the the father wants to live this life with his family that, that he thinks is I, I guess like the old way, right? It's been inherited to him by his family and th- this living in the woods, living off the land. And it's something that he wants to give to his daughter. And there is an internal struggle that's kind of going on this whole time between uh, the mother and the father as to whether or not this is the right thing to do for that family. Right, exactly. And so there are, there are specific points in the movie where you're seeing, uh, you know, the daughter by herself in the woods sort of navigating uh the space and then you see the wife navigating that space and then the father who seemingly is the most capable of surviving and living in the woods 
It's very interesting. Yeah, and it, it's it, it's interesting because through this isolation of the narrative where at each point in time a character is forced to be on their own, they're forced to kind of address these questions that are surrounding the family at all time, right? They're, they're forced to identify and address the isolation that is so inherent in the type of lifestyle that the dad wants that they're forced to confront that danger and they're forced to confront their relationship with their family too. Right. Uh, cause I, I think that's, I think that's really interesting because the film to me also, because it takes time to isolate these different characters and to let the narrative kind of breathe a little bit more naturally. It's very scattered. I remember thinking that while watching it the first time that it, it felt very scattered, but it doesn't feel incohesive. It, it, it feels like it, it gives, um, it gives a very well-structured narrative the opportunity to breathe through its characters, which which is another reason why I thought it was excellently written, uh, excellently paced, and excellently performed. The, the performances specifically from the daughter and the mother in this film are out of this world. Incredible, yeah. And yeah, and so just to, just to jump on that point, Mike, I, I found myself uh, wondering sort of throughout the film when this movie is set, um, there is a there is a moment in dia- of dialogue between the husband and wife where she's trying to convince him to live a more uh, easier life is I think what she the word that she uses. Um, so in a in a town where their daughter can go to school and make friends and et cetera et cetera, and he's he basically his his pushback is basically that it's going to be more difficult to live that life than it is live the primitive life that they're living now, and I found that to be a really like eerie sort of unsettling sort of like oh is, is this a, the apocalypse like what are we dealing with here you know yeah it, it 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 does feel a little disjointed right to the point where the narrative at one point does extend to a town close by where you, you they, they visit a ranger station because uh the father has been hunting this wolf for a few days and hasn't come back right and so they they go to this uh, ranger station to file a claim and i i remember thinking as soon as i saw it that if you know it wasn't even a town or a city it was just a ranger station out in the middle of the woods and it still felt out of this world right because they it does such a great job of constructing this confined environment that it, it's all it, it really feels like a prison right uh, the, the 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 wilderness is the prison and the, and the trees are the bars that are holding them in there right and e- even this brief um, kind of exploration into this, uh, you know, ranger lodge nearby feels like it's out of place. Yeah. Which, I, to, to to the narrative's credit, right? I think that's why I think that's what makes it really cool. Yeah. And to your point about it feeling sort of disjointed, there are a lot of really great uh, sort of stylistic choices in terms of camera angles. There, where you're like seeing things diagonal and whatnot, and it's yeah. I mean, it's really crafty and it's really well done yeah it's shot really well the cinematography is fantastic and i think that's a tribute to i and i i always kind of especially in low budget independent movies i always notice the cinematography first right because at least to me that and probably the sound are the two things that are going to take me out of the viewing experience the most and not not to say that you can't successfully shoot a feature on an iphone right because we've seen like tangerine and things like that but um, the cinematography is, is excellent, and especially on the budget that they were giving. That, that's that's a real real credit to the narrative. I was just going to touch on the score real quick. Um, I thought that the score was very, very well done. Um, lots of swelling of strings and uh, synthy sort of, uh, you know, 
low droning synths and like we said the tension is building the entire film and i think it's in no small part due to the fact that the score is so exceptional yeah the score really 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 builds to that atmosphere so the next thing i want to touch on is what i would consider secondary to atmosphere what would be the main horror element to this narrative and that is the gore that is in this story so for all of you prospective viewers out there get ready for one because though sparse in terms of runtime the level of gore and violence in this is almost through the roof right it, 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 so to the extent that it it real like there are certain things that happen that i'm like there's no way they're going to show that like they're they're going to imply it and then then the, then the camera turns and you're just like nope they showed it okay i'm seeing that right now but it, it's almost weird to consider it not gratuitous, right? Because this is this could be by far one of the most gory movies I've ever seen. But I don't consider it gratuitous because it enhances that narrative of of hunter v hunter of these these individuals having to confront the wilderness that they put themselves in, the savage lifestyle. That though the gore extreme in every area really enhances the narrative that i feel like movies that it you know like gore fest like hostile and things like that that not as successful right yeah i would totally agree with that i didn't even really think of it as a gory film i would warn people who are squeamish that you're it's probably not going to be that pleasant a viewing for you um especially at certain points but i think of movies like like you said like hostile and like saw like torture porn um that that are just like non-stop and this this didn't feel that way no and i think that's a testament to how well it was constructed right because it doesn't it doesn't feel like gore or over the top gore because it's so well established in the story right i I, like nothing we see is considered out of the ordinary even the crown piece of the movie it it do, it like it doesn't feel like a stretch because we've seen it before and it doesn't feel like over the top gore because it serves such a integral purpose to the story which i think is completely unique to this kind of movie yeah so i would say if you're into if you're into gory movies you'll be down if you're not into gory movies i still say give it a shot i think you'd like it yeah, because we, we had talked about this a little bit before. Cause I, I wanted I wanted this to be part of the new Nightmares, and you hadn't seen it. And uh, I, I kind of had to forewarn you, like, hey, how do you feel about gore? Because we never really talked about it. It, it. it doesn't really bother me that much. I wouldn't consider myself a gore head. But so, some people, even true horror, horror purists, they're not down with the gore. At least to the level of gore that we have currently come to expect to, to expect right because there's certainly a difference between hunter hunter hostile and you know argento movies of the 60s and 70s right there's there's a different level of gore going on there and and realism but this it's such a non-deterrent in a movie like this because it's so in it's so ingrained in the style and the world building of the reality these characters are living that it feels natural and though definitely definitely extreme it, it just benefits the movie so much more with its use which i think is very unique right yeah and even as a staunch vegetarian some of the uh obviously they're they're, he's a, <laughs> they're hunters right they have to they have to find their food and kill it right. to survive exactly. they're, they're so living off of the land as 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 squeamish <laughs> as i usually am with that kind of thing i was like oh this is part this is character building this is this is sure. who they are you know 
So let's really jump into that ending because if you've read anything about this film, if you've if you've if you've seen any reviews or things like that, it's what everybody's talking about. The ending of this film is what truly brings it all together. And not that the narrative before this or the the filmmaking before this this point in the movie is a letdown or or anything like that, but there are certain films that I feel hinge on the ending right that the success of their of the narrative the success of the film hinges on what happens in that last three minutes right and i think i think this is definitely one of them the the ending is such a capstone to this narrative it's such a such a stylistic jewel to to the movie that it, it it makes or breaks it and it makes it a thousand times over in my opinion as the movie was coming to an end i was anticipating it kind of uh ending in a sort of uh not anticlimactic but more of a cliche way and boy does it turn on you and how satisfying it was yeah it was very very good there are there were at least three times during the final i would say five minutes of that movie where i went no yeah. out loud and yeah. and you, you, to, like to ha- to have that kind of a reaction like, like we, we all know we're watching pictures on a screen right and, and but to, to to be so invested and to see what's happening and thinking like no that can't happen <laughs> and then two minutes later that no that can't happen it, it, get, it gets you so many times and it's it's really unexpected you don't see it coming which is so so hard to find in in movies nowadays yeah, and to my previous point, I I think I still would have very much enjoyed the film if it had ended in a very cliche way, um, which is what entirely what I was expecting. And yeah, I think I think I think you nailed it. I think the the fact that it does uh, sort of mess with your ex- expectations so thoroughly um, and nail that ending so so much, I, I think this is like a, a high recommendation for me at least. Yeah. To me, it br- it brings it to another level, right? Because I I would have been like the movie was a great experience. It, it's a great study in atmosphere and tension, but that ending brings it to a different level of good to me. And and there are a few other movies that I I like. I feel like the ending changes the movie entirely and would be different without it. A, a few I wrote down like Usual Suspects Seven, something we just talked about, Pet Cemetery. The Wicker Man, I think, is a real prime example of this, where, where, you know, the, the Wicker Man, I think, is probably the ultimate one, because I, it's, I personally don't care for The Wicker Man, but that movie does not exist, does not go into horror, classic, transcendent fandom without that ending, right? It's the linchpin that holds the narrative together. There's no movie without that ending. Yeah. And there are films where you can make the, the argument that it's about the journey, it's about the build of the narrative. It's about the characters. And I think Hunter Hunter is a really good example of, of all of those things. Like it, it has a fantastic build, fantastic atmosphere, fantastic characters, and an ending that holds them all together like the ultimate linchpin and just really makes it fire on all cylinders. I could, we both really like this one, and that makes me really happy because I, I really loved it and I wanted you to love it. Yeah, I'm so glad that I finished it out like to, literally today, uh, you know, like a couple hours before we started <laughs> recording. And so it's so fresh in my mind. And yeah, I think just because I, you know, I was I was I was I was along for the ride for sure. But then, yeah, because of 
because of the way that that final act plays out it's yeah crazy crazy recommendation for sure we both recommend this so if you're getting on your weekend uh, viewing material please put hunter hunter at the top of the list and hit us up on twitter instagram whatever you got let us know what you thought of that ending uh so from here at nightmare network i'm mike and i'm josh we'll scare you later Thanks for listening to the Nightmare Network podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and don't be afraid to give us suggestions on movies that spooked you out for our next episode. You can visit NightmareNetworkOfficial.com to submit your own nightmare to be adapted into a short film on our YouTube channel. As always, at Nightmare Network, you share your scares.